This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary roughness on this Friday. October 1st, 2021, DeMond Cotton, he's the man who makes everything go behind the wheels of steel. Definitely appreciate his efforts on the daily. And Raider Nation, let me tell you, we have a loaded show for you coming up today. Very excited about the different directions that we're going to go on today's show. Uh, Very excited that we're getting into the weekend. And I'll tell you, DeMond, I kind of just realized this while I was walking into the studio. Usually on a Friday, I'm either out at Treasure Island with Vinny or I'm ready to go out to a high school game, or I'm ready to get on a bird and go get on a flight to go try to, you know, catch up with the Raiders wherever they end up playing. The Raiders don't play till Monday. It's in L.A. Mm-hmm. I would be able to drive if I was going to go, but I've uh, recently found out that I'm not going. <laughs> so that's another that's another conversation. We'll worry about that on Monday. But it's just kind of weird knowing that you're going into the weekend and there's not a Raider game on Sunday. And the high school showcase game is in Utah. So I'll get out and probably find a, a high school game to go to this afternoon or after the show's over just because I can't help myself. I got to go Are somewhere. Are you feeling unsettled that you basically, I know that you always have something to do. I always have something to do. But it's kind of like you have the weekend off and I feel like you don't know what to do with yourself. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I mean, the Raiders have practice tomorrow, so I'll be there. That's great. I'm excited about that. But yeah, man, it's kind of a weird feeling, kind of a strange feeling. Now my mom would say, "Well, just get some rest." But who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? No, I I, t- I did that today. Like, because um, yeah, today was one of those days. You mean after just... you texted me, or after we got a, we had a t- text exchange at like what one o'clock this morning? Yeah, yeah, because I was out and I was just like, "Why is this man still tweeting? I need you to be up at like at like eight a.m. Man, come on!" And well, I you, was. Well, you had to be up, so I was like, "I'm fine being out till like one a.m." Right. But you get some rest, man. Hey, man, went to the Aces game last night. It was not the performance that they had the. The, the game before on Tuesday night, the Aces took an L, so now the series with the Mercury is tied up at one. But I'll tell you what, it was still a f- fun environment to be at, and I still encourage anyone that uh, uh, can get an opportunity to go to an Aces game, make sure you do that. Shaq Diesel, he was in the Did house last night. you go try night. to talk to Shaq? Nah. Because, nah. I mean, I tweeted at you about the big chicken thing, I know, and I'm I so serious that. about the big chicken. You got to go. I saw go. that. I like, saw that. I'll take you there, one, and that'll be my treat, because that's how much I love that place. Okay, well, I'm just glad that you're giving me food <laughs> suggestions now that we're on the air when... Peel back the curtain, you Raider Nation. You can't make it the big chicken from where we're at in, in, a, in a timely manner. I have been for the last 45 <laughs> minutes on a mission to get something to eat, something small. And I asked Damon, who's been around here, I don't know, his whole life, where to get something to eat real quick, fast, and in a hurry. He sends me one place that I can't even go inside. I have to wait in line in the drive-thru. So I left that place. I went to another place that decided they wanted to, I don't know, go outside and grow the burger instead of cook the burger. So, yeah, my last 45 minutes have been pretty hectic. But we're I'm here. Not, I'm not going to lie to you. Around like 150, I was like, hey, this might be my time to shine. <laughs> I was like, oh, not a Q in sight. I literally walked in a building at 155. <laughs> 
But that's why we do preparation before we get into the show. I was thinking maybe I sabotaged him. Maybe I set him up. Right. Absolutely. Well, we're <laughs> we, we're here. We're here. We're going to be here for the next couple hours. And uh, we're going to have a good time. We have a lot of good guests coming up on the show. Matter of fact, coming up at, at 210 in a matter of about five minutes, we're going to have Dave Fox from 5 News. Uh, from Dave, excuse me, Dave Hall from Fox 5 News in the morning. Uh, he does a really good job with Fave and K uh, waking up in the morning and waking you up, Las Vegas, in the morning. And uh, today, if you look at the calendar, it's October 1st. And as much as I like to joke around and play around, uh, there was a big tragedy that happened here in Las Vegas four years ago uh, on this date. And uh, 58 people lost their lives. Ultimately, 60 people lost their lives. And so uh, Dave Hall is going to join us to talk all things about it and uh, talk about how sports help kind of heal the community. And, And I know I haven't been here that long. Uh, but I remember when it happened, like I was right here in the community. I mean, it was that big a deal where even a guy sitting in Texas knew exactly what was going on. Uh, of course, it didn't affect me as much, even though my mom's here and she's been here for a very long time. Uh, I knew that she wasn't at that event that, that uh, you know, it took place at. But still, I mean, you feel for all the people whose lives uh, it was affected. So we definitely do not want to gloss over that and act like it did not happen. We will always... Uh, show show love and show respect and 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 you know give our prayers up to everyone whose family was affected on that date again uh, October first two thousand and seventeen. So we'll talk to Dave Hall coming up in about two or three minutes uh, about that situation again. How sports help kind of heal the community. And if you haven't got to know me by now, uh, one thing that I care about probably more than anything is uh, the community that I'm in. And I want to make sure that the community is always taken care of because without the community, none of this other stuff matters. None of it matters. And that's why the Raiders go so hard in the paint when it comes to the community. That's why we're so active in the community, uh, because that's what it's all about. And that's what, you know, local radio is about is being not just, you know, voices that are familiar, not being guys that you see around town, but just being a part of the community, being a part of of what we're doing here. So that's what we're going to do. So Dave Hall will join us in a matter of minutes for that. At 2.30, Lewis Riddick from ESPN. He's going to join us to talk all things Monday Night Football, Raiders and Chargers. This will be the second time that uh, Lou's got to see the Raiders uh, on Monday Night Football. Two two times out of four weeks. You know, that's pretty cool. You want to talk about some some national attention. And, you know, I'm not a guy, DeMond, you know that, that I'm not really care if the national media gives attention to the Raiders. But I think the NFL knew what they were doing. They put exactly. the they put the Raiders on on primetime games and that's two one out of the, the first four Raider weeks. Fans were just like, oh, the national media, blah blah blah. Like you remember that yeah. Chris Rock joke? The yeah. media, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. just like, come on, the media is showing you guys love. That's two primetime games out of four weeks. Exactly out of four weeks, not bad. That's they not are bad. hyping the team up. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So Lewis Riddick will join us at two thirty to talk all things Raiders, talk all things Chargers, talk Monday Night Football. And oh, by the way, Lewis Riddick used to play for the Raiders, so he's got a sweet spot in his heart for the Raiders. Anytime you check him out on ESPN, he always got the Raiders helmet and the uh, and the legacy brick behind him. I mean, he's 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 Raider through and through. Even though he didn't play with the Raiders for a whole long time, he still he still knows what it means to be a Raider. So uh, we'll talk to Lewis Riddick at two thirty. At three o'clock, I mentioned the Aces and the fact that they lost last night to the Mercury at the Michelob Ultra Arena. I was in attendance. Uh, it's always great to go out there and uh, continue to go out there and check them out as much as possible. Uh, but uh, Rosalind Gold on Day, she's going to join us. She's supposed to join us. This is one of those that you put an asterisk next to it. I talked to her last night at the game and she said she'll call us at 3 o'clock. So we're expecting Rosalind to join us and she does a great job covering the NBA, covering the WNBA. I mean, she just does a really good job for ESPN. Good sideline reporter. Uh, knows the game inside and out. And of course, uh, she's played the game. So she's she's got... 
She's got the skills. She knows exactly what she's talking about. So she's scheduled to join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things Aces and Mercury as they're tied up at 1 in their best of 5 series. Game 3 is going to be on Sunday uh, back in Phoenix. Actually, I think they're going to play in Tucson, but it's uh, it ain't going to be a home game. So let's put it like that. So uh, Rosalind Gold on Wude is going to join us at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, Jeff Benson from Circus Sports. He'll join us as he does each and every week. He'll talk about some football games, some NFL games, uh, talk about the lines, talk about where you should lay your money, and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, Jeff Benson will join us at 3.30. So that's the lineup. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what happened on October 1st, 2017. We'll do that with Dave Hall from Fox 5 News this morning. He'll join us next on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.11 is the time right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And as promised, pleased to have right now on the phone lines, Dave Hall from Fox 5 News this morning. You can find him on Twitter at HallFox5. And Dave, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Obviously, today is a very historic day and not in a way that anyone's super happy or thrilled about, but uh, uh, tragedy struck Las Vegas, the community, on uh, on uh, October 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I was not here, but you were, so... I know what it was and what it meant from a distance. I was in Texas at the time, so I know how big of a deal right. it was even there. But you were here right in the heart of everything. So when that calendar hits 10-1, you know, 2021, like it did this morning, what, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Q. I know you uh, normally have my co-anchor, Faven, on. So uh, thanks for having me on today. It's good to be with you. Um, you know, today is obviously always a really tough day for everyone in Las Vegas and everyone affected by, by the shooting. Um, what I guess, you know, there's so many things I remember from that day. Um, you know, the Golden Knights were our, were our new team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were so proud to have our, our own thing. You think about, you know, Las Vegas is so used to entertaining everyone else and throwing everyone else a party. And finally, this was a party just for us. And so we were excited for the start of the Golden Knights season. And I just remember how, you know, that hockey team helped all of us get through this horrific event. And, all the things that they did for the city and the incredible opening ceremony they had that their first home game and, and what they did. Um, I think back to, um, cause you know, we were on the air nonstop for, I think right. four straight days. Like we didn't even take commercial breaks, which wow. is unheard of. Yeah. Um, and I remember as that, cause this, the shooting occurred on a Sunday night. Um, so we were on the air, you know, basically from midnight on, uh, that Sunday night for about uh, four days. Mm. And, you know, we were talking about the need for blood and stuff. And, and we, we had live reporters out all across the Valley. And I remember every time we seemed to go back to our reporters at some of the local blood banks, the lines were just getting longer and longer and longer. And people just kept showing up and we were telling people, you know, the wait time is four hours, it's five hours, it's six hours. And people still kept showing up. It was absolutely wow. incredible. And then people, were showing up with water and food for the people waiting in line. Because right. I think just everybody out there had such a sense of, you know, I want to do something. How can I help? I, I feel like I need to do something. And that was one way that I think a lot of people thought that they could give back. So, you know, it's, instead of focusing on, on the horrific nature of, of what happened that, that particular night, I really try to focus more on what came out of it, what was born out of the horror, and how Las Vegas truly came together as a community like it never had before. 
And a lot of that was pretty inspiring to see firsthand. Yeah, no, it's inspiring just to hear the story, you know, from you firsthand. I mean, again, I was watching it from a distance and didn't realize, but that's what, you know, that's what we're here for. I mean, even us on a sports radio station, I mean, we're here Mm -hmm. to talk sports. We're here to have a good time. But when the community needs us, Dave, that's something I've been talking about. When the community needs us, that's our job. That's our job to be, you know, boots on the ground, be the ones that can help, uh, you know, ease the pain as well. And I'm sure that you guys probably right. have no idea, even to this day, how many lives you touch just by delivering the stories and the messages and, you know what I mean, the information. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. how did you see this community? I mean, you mentioned it already, but just how, how, how much did you see this community grow uh, because of those events and, and how quickly everyone came together? Well, you know, it's funny because Las Vegas has, has the reputation of, you know, when people think of Las Vegas, it's not like a real thing. You know, it's right. showgirls and blackjack dealers and people dressed up in Elvis outfits. And, you know, there's just the sense of, hey, I come here for three days party and I leave. And they don't realize that, oh, actually over two million people call Las Vegas home. And I think when, when people started seeing the images coming from Las Vegas and, and the memorials and the emotion and the video from, from again, those, the blood banks and what everybody was doing, giving back, I think it was like an aha moment for the rest of the country, too. It's like, oh, my God, like Las Vegas is a real city with real people and real emotions. And it's not just this adult playground. Mm-hmm. And so and I had a lot of my, my friends, you know, who live in other states who were, were reaching out to me and, you know, asking, you know, what can we do to help? Right. You know, we had this sense of helplessness here in Las Vegas. So, I mean, you said you were in Texas. I can imagine, you know, people in other cities and states wondering what they can do to help. And I just remember I was always telling people, you know, um, book a trip here. Like, come here. Eat at our restaurants. Go see our shows. Like, support us. You mm-hmm. know, because our city took a big hit financially for a while. And, you know, a lot of people were scared to come here. You know, it, to this day, you know, it's the biggest mass shooting in American history. And so... Um, to see, you know, and I had some friends saying, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to book a trip. I'm going to come and support your city. And so just so many little ways like that, that people rallied around our city was just, it was really inspiring to see. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really was. And again, man, definitely uh, appreciate you sharing these stories. We're talking right now with Dave Hall from Fox 5 News. It's morning. You can find him on Twitter at HallFox5. Uh, him and Faven do a great job. My guy, Damon here wants to, wants to ask you a question as well. Go ahead, Damon. Sure. Yeah, um, during the during the shooting, I was a college student. I remember there being like the thoughts like, are people going to go to school on Monday or Tuesday? But I think that one of the things that really helped the city was sports. Cause I remember I was being on the call for UNLV that first football game after mm-hmm. UNLV played Fresno state, I believe. And it was just such an emotional moment. The first live event there in here in Vegas. Can you just speak to yeah. like not only UNLV, but the golden Knights going off and rallying off such an impactful season, how much sports helped the city? Yeah, I remember that UNLV football game, too. They had some special ceremonies uh, pregame, and a lot of people came out and showed support. It was, it was very emotional. Um, it, the thing is, is it, you guys know this. I mean, sports is, is a rallying place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's where we can all go and be together and, you know, bond over this one experience. And, you know, it really was, it gave us, especially, you know, the Golden Knights, it really gave us something to rally around. You know, like I said, you know, this was ours. This was like our first thing. Um, I was here back in the glory days of UNLV basketball, hmm. you know, back when UNLV basketball ran this town. I mean, Jerry Tarkanian, I don't think, picked up a check his entire UNLV career. Um, <laughs> but they were like the Golden Knights before the Golden Knights. That's how big UNLV was. But, you know, that was 30 years ago. 
Um, so we'd had a long drought of not having a whole lot to cheer for sports-wise. And to finally have something that was our own. And then, you know, I, I was saying it on the news this morning, you know, they were the perfect team at the perfect time for our city because we really needed something at that moment to rally around and have something to feel good about. And, you know, here comes these, you know, they call themselves the golden misfits, these castaways that these other teams didn't want, basically. And uh, they came on the ice, came together, and it was just magical. And it was, it just, you know, their play lifted up the entire city. And, you know, they made that ridiculous run to the Stanley Cup finals, which had never been done before. Uh, it was just this in- incredible fairy tale story that our city really needed at the time. Talking right now with Dave Hall from Fox 5 uh, in Vegas. And, of course, uh, Fox 5 News this morning at Hall Fox 5 on Twitter. Him and Faven do a really good job. And, and on your guys' uh, t- you know, telecast and, and tweeted out earlier today, uh, hashtag Vegas Strong, always and forever. Uh, mm-hmm. I put that on our Twitter uh, account as well when I tweeted out the show lineup and that you were coming on. When you see that hashtag, when you hear those words, Vegas Strong, what does that mean to you? Um, it, it means that, you know, Vegas is, you know, is, is a lot stronger community than I think even people like myself who lived here a long time realized. <laughs> you know, we get the reputation, even here, here in the Valley, of like, you know, everybody just pulls into their driveway and shuts their garage door, and there's not like this sense of, of community, and we're all missed together. Because, you know, most people who live here now are from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time, even people here in Vegas, you know, realize that hey we are one big community and we we really came together and we rallied and we showed what the city is made of not only to each other but of course to, to everyone else around the world that um you know vegas strong isn't just you know some some saying it's it's something we truly believe in right absolutely and with you guys doing the broadcast this morning and of course there was a, i'm sure there was a lot of emotions going on what was some of the sure. kind of feedback that you guys were receiving this morning uh, you know, people are always just appreciative that something like that is remembered and, you know, the victims are being properly honored and, you know, not forgotten. Not that they ever would be, of course. Um, and also, you know, the, the families of the victims, the survivors, you know, they're remembered and their stories and the first responders and the doctors and the nurses and just the everyday people who stepped up in the most horrific events you could possibly imagine and did some of the most heroic things you could possibly imagine and just making sure that their stories are still out there and remembered and the things that happened that night are remembered and the people who deserve to be honored that night are honored and so that's you know that's one of the most important things we can do as a tv station is continue to honor their legacy and and we will do it year after year after year every year it's going to hurt every year it's going to suck but um we do it because they deserve it, and our city has to remember, and and we all have to remember what happened that night. Right, absolutely. And again, you guys do a great job of you know recapping it and, and letting us all know what goes on. And like I said, people like myself who weren't here, uh, just kind of keeping us up to date exactly with what mm-hmm. happened. Uh, the fifty-eight people that lost their lives, and eventually sixty people that lost their lives. I mean, it's it's something yeah. that, like you said, we'll never forget, and, and we should never forget. We need to reflect, and and it's mm-hmm. also part of our job, Dave. And this is something that I've learned just being in radio and doing sports is that we're it's our job to tell the story. You know, it's our job to tell the story for those that might not know the story. So uh, newcomers to town or people that are. Listening Listening from out of town, they they need to know what Las Vegas is all about. Not just the glitz and glamour, like you said, you know the the sure. nightlife, the big playground for adults. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, telling the story, and you guys do a great job of telling that story. Oh well, we appreciate that, and um, 
it's great to talk to you guys and thanks for giving me the time to you know to talk about this i know you guys are a sports show um i was joking with you on twitter earlier that i'm a Chiefs fan so <laughs> yeah. i appreciate you letting me in no worries. The show is called Unnecessary Roughness, so thanks for being <laughs> gentle with me today. <laughs> no problem. You know, it's funny, though. I'm glad you brought that up because you being a Chiefs fan and Faven being a Raiders fan, uh, that must mm-hmm. be a fun dynamic. I remember last season when you guys had a nice little bet on uh, a jersey bet where she ended up having to wear a Chiefs bet. Uh, what do you guys have planned for this year, or is it still kind of in the works? Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to cook up something. I'm a little more ner- nervous this year. Um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs look a little shaky, and the Raiders look fantastic, mm-hmm. so... Um, I may have to uh, tone down <laughs> the level of bet I'm willing to make. Right. Well, you uh, know. It's all, it's all good fun, though. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, you know, uh, she's going to talk. She's going to do a little bit of bragging if she can. <laughs> uh, yep. You know what? She's got bragging rights right now. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember the Raiders beat them once last year and yep. almost beat them twice. Yeah. So the Raiders are a tough matchup with Kansas City. No doubt about it. Right, no doubt. Well, it's always it's always fun. And Dave, uh, like I said uh, on Twitter, I was just joking with you, but I said someone's got to root for the other guys. So I mean, you know, <laughs> it is all good. But no, in all seriously uh, seriousness, I do appreciate you coming on, just sharing the story, giving us a few minutes of your your day that I know has been very emotional. And uh, please believe uh, this will not be the last time we talk. Like I said, I really do appreciate your time. Hey, when Chiefs Weeks comes around, let's have me and Faven on, and we can just have a battle royale right here on the radio. Yes, it's it's done. <laughs> it's already done. <laughs> you booked it. It's done deal. Thank All you, right. Dave. I appreciate you. Sounds great. Thanks, Q. All right. There he goes. Good stuff right there. That's a great idea. Yes, we're going to definitely have him battle it out. Faven, K and Dave Hall, uh, they both do the great, great job in the morning, Fox 5 News this morning. Uh, yeah, they're going to battle it out. She'll represent the Raiders. He'll he'll represent the Chiefs, and we'll do it right here on this very airways. But, uh, DeMond, I, I do have to ask you before we take a break and then get to Lewis Riddick from ESPN. Uh, you mentioned you being a college student when uh, October 1 happened here in Las Vegas. 58 people lost their lives, and uh, eventually, as I mentioned before, 60 people lost their lives. But just what was going through your mind when it happened? It was one of those things that's surreal because, obviously, I wasn't there, but I have friends that were there, mm-hmm. and it's just like – it was surreal or going to class and one of one of my um, friends in, in the class that I had, he was a hockey player and um, the, one of their assistant coaches had gotten shot. And, you know, when you just think when you hear these stories, I was like, I'm so sorry for the loss. And it was just like it was, that was one of those moments that took that brevity away from me. It, yeah. like, he was just like, hey, 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 he's still alive. Right. I was like, oh, oh I think right. it was just like right. one of those. You know, like trying to find all those little positives, you know, just yeah. like, you know, hey, you, you know, this is a very sad situation, but maybe not everything is as doom and gloom as as we would like to think. And then that right. that next UNLV football game, being on the play-by-play for that, and then, like, just the ceremony before, because the, the student next to me, he was a bit older, and he was a former member of the Army, and it was just one of those. And he just took it away, mm-hmm. and, he just, and he gave, like, such a fantastic, like, call, like, as we were about to do our call for this UNLV game, and it yeah. was very emotional. Just, like, there, like, it was, like, the biggest American flag I've ever seen draped over just the field. Right. And just, like, the... Just the sound of the crowd, that was one of, like, that was one of, like, you know, obviously Raider Stadium, like, at Allegiant, where it's yeah. just, like, that loud. Right. Like, that was, like, that might be, like, the top moment of my life of just, like, this is special being here. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, I can only imagine, man, and as a college student, I'm sure you had all kind of emotions going through your mind. You had mentioned off the air that you have family members that are reaching out to you saying, hey, man, I know that you, you know, you like country music. Yes, so yes. So you were, you know, was, checking yes. on in on you. And look, I, I said at the top of the show, I knew my mom wasn't there, but I also know my mom is here. So, you know what I mean? So that was one of the first things that it ran through my that, mind. It was like, hey, that, uh, are you okay? Yeah, just people that maybe yep. you driving the strip because it's like I was thinking like when I worked at um, Planet Hollywood, 
you know, where right. it's just that would have been like my root home would have been jammed if I would have had to work that night. Right. Or just like not so much. It's not like that's not saying the pity me my root home, no, but just no. like people were just scared. If right. you were just on the strip that night, you were in, you were terrified. Right. No doubt about it. So uh, thank you to Dave Hall for sharing his story and sharing uh, just a few of the the thoughts that go through his mind when this day hit. And uh, that's something that we'll always make sure that we do around here is we will acknowledge, we will embrace, and we will talk about what's uh, what's going on. And also kudos to the Raiders. Like they posted out, they even posted out yeah. Vegas Strong. Yep. So that's just one of those things. Was just like being a part of this community. We all have to acknowledge it, no matter if you're new to the community, just like yourself. Right. It's just like Vegas Strong should mean something to everyone that lives here. Absolutely. And again, I mean, hey, if you're going to embrace the city and you and you know you want to be here and, and and love all the you know the fun stuff and the oh go out and party and let's go for three days and then bounce and all that. Hey, look, just embrace the history too. There's a lot of history, and this is something that does not um, that does not ever going to go away and it's something that 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 shouldn't be ignored and so we're going to make sure that we do not ignore that around here 227 is the time many thanks to dave hall for joining us coming up next lewis riddick sweet lou from espn he's going to be on the call monday night football chargers raiders you'll hear that conversation next this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 welcome back to unnecessary roughness here on raider nation radio 920 i'm gonna have to kick you you know what today here's your boy q Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And last Friday, we talked to Charles Davis. He was on the call for Raiders Dolphins. This week, the Raiders play on Monday Night Football, so we reached out to the man who's going to be on the call himself, former NFL player, including time with the Silver and Black. That's ESPN's Lewis Riddick. And, Lewis, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Week four of the season gets wrapped up. Raiders and Chargers, SoFi Stadium. The Raiders are 3-0 and headed into Monday night. Second time you're going to see them in four weeks. What has stood out to you the most about your former team? Well, I think first and foremost, the defense, which has always been my area of focus with this team, looks as though it's what you had hoped it would be. Now, they're going to get a great test this coming week. Probably obviously the best test of the season so far from a passing game perspective. But that's, that's what has stood out to me. I think Gus has really brought, I don't want to say a simple scheme, but a scheme that allows the players to be on the same page all three levels, which we know is really the most important part about playing defense so you don't give up big plays, which has been something that has plagued the Raiders' defense over the past couple of years. You don't see that happening right now. Uh, they're going to need to continue to play that way against Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams cause, and Jared Cook, because you know those guys can get you at any time from anywhere on the field. So this is going to be a great test for them. What they're doing offensively shouldn't shock anyone. Derek Carr right now is one of those quarterbacks who I like to say is in the matrix, man. He, he's seeing it in a way that not many people can see it. And that's because he's in his fourth year with John. John has given him the keys to this offense. He knows exactly what John wants. John gives him the freedom to make the best decisions possible for this team when they're on the field. But this is an exciting time to be a Raider fan. And it will be even more exciting if they can pull off this one Monday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be a heck of a test, like you mentioned. And, and you know, looking at the, the way that Derek's been slinging the ball around the yard, AFC Offensive Player of the Month for September, how much of the fact that John Gruden can rely on the defense or feels comfortable with the defense now has kind of opened up the playbook for Derek Carr a little bit more? Yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't know if, if head coaches, especially offensive-minded head coaches, ever <laughs> rely on the defense right. or ever they feel comfortable. But I, I get your point, though. Look, there, there's no doubt that I think he feels as though he's got the coordinate, the coordinator that he needs now to really supplement and complement the offense and make this team whole, so to speak. 
to where they can compete with Kansas City and they can compete with anyone else that rises up and tries to steal that AFC West crown. I think they definitely feel that now. I think John also probably feels as confident as he's ever felt in this offense overall because it's his fourth year. It's Derek's fourth year. I mean, Darren Waller is one of the best weapons in the NFL. Henry Ruggs is coming into his own now. Josh, when he's healthy, Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, Look, I mean, Brian Edwards has has taken another step, you know, and and Derek has a lot of confidence in him. Hunter Renfro is one of the best slot players in the NFL. I think all of those things allow a play caller to feel like, hey, I can go to anything I need to go to on this big uh, menu of plays that I've got here. So I think John's confident because the team is just better. But no doubt that if this defense, and I I, I think it, it can't be overstated, if this defense rises to the occasion Monday and really corrals what is a very explosive passing attack, then I think you're going to really see some momentum pick up for this football team that hopefully can be sustained. Absolutely. I know a lot of Raider Nation's getting excited. They're fired up about the 3-0 and start, but like you mentioned, this is a big one Monday night against the Chargers. And looking at that defense, of course, Gus Bradley's the architect, but he's got mm-hmm. secondary coach Ron Milas. He's got linebacker mm-hmm. coach Richard Smith. How important are those guys in, in, in the, the way that this defense has got turned around so quickly? Yeah, they're great teachers, man. And they're, they're teachers who understand this scheme. They're teachers who uh, understand Gus. They're teachers who understand John and what he's looking for. And when you have all that kind of cohesion and all that kind of um, chemistry from top to bottom between players and coaches, coaches and coaches, coaches and head coach in particular, I mean, it usually equals or equates to a nice cohesive unit that plays with great communication and doesn't beat itself. And LeBron Miles is someone who's coached in the league a long time. Uh, They have invested a lot of, uh, draft equity in in the secondary, and they need to see that pay off. And he's the guy to get it to pay off. They have draft. They have put a lot of investment into the linebacker unit and to the front front four. So, look, I think it's all coming together for them. You know, Gus explained it best when we met with them out in Vegas. You know, before the uh, Baltimore Raven game, when it was first really implemented in the NFL at a high level back in the days. Uh, in Seattle with Pete Carroll when he had, you know, Cam Chancellor and he had Richard Sherman and the crew, it was really devised so you could get young players to play fast and play early and where they weren't bogging their mind down with a whole bunch of different checks in the system to where they were thinking too much and not playing, you know, fast enough. Now, obviously, there's a lot of nuance within the scheme and a lot of you know, a lot of techniques in the scheme and a lot of detail in the scheme that allows you to play, you know, and have some options within a very simplistic coverage structure, but it doesn't bog people down. And he said that's what he was excited to see these guys go out on the field and execute with having that in their in their tool belt, so to speak. And I think you've seen that. You've seen that through three weeks. And I think players like that kind of thing. Players like when you simplify it for them to where their athletic ability can shine through. Obviously, again, you have to have enough on the call sheet to go to if, if things aren't working and you need to make some adjustments. But this is a scheme that allows young guys to play fast. And when you bring in guys like K.J. Wright and Denzel Perriman uh, and Casey Hayward, who have all played in this scheme before, who can help the young people really understand the details, 
it can it can create a very very productive scenario, you know, for the defense overall. And I think that's what you're seeing. Again, the big a big test will come Monday night. Talk right now with ESPN's Lewis Riddick. He'll be on the call Monday night for Chargers and Raiders SoFi Stadium. And, you know, John Gruden mentioned that he's not going to apologize for the way that the Raiders have won games. And, and they've had two overtime wins out of three games. Uh, how concerned should the fan base be about the style that the Raiders are winning, having to go down to the wire in overtime, two out of three games? Yeah, I think you know, ultimately it's about the W, no question. You know, this isn't college football. You know, this isn't a ranking system where it's about how you win and how it looked and does it appease the voters. No one cares about that. But but I think what John, um, you know, when he is in the meeting room with his team or he is in the staff room with his coaches, they're going to want to clean up some things. Obviously, they're going to want to run the football better than they do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is a staple of what he believes in philosophically going back to his days in Philadelphia as an offensive coordinator for the Eagles back in the late 90s. He wants to run the football, and he doesn't want to be a team that's you know below that four yards per carrier threshold. I believe that they are right now as a team. He's going to want to get that going. He doesn't want to be as lopsided as they are. And I know for sure he's going to want to make sure that defensively that uh, you know they, they continue to get off the field on third down, play better in the red area, take the ball away even more. So there's always things that they can improve on. But I think the number one thing, that they're going to want to do again is run that football and have a little bit more balance and not have it be on Derek so much. So where maybe the defense gets more rest that they, uh, they continue to ramp up their time of possession even more so than they already have. And uh, it just kind of equates to maybe not having so many, you know, tight fourth quarter games and or overtime wins. <laughs> right, no doubt about it. But at least <laughs> at least they're getting wins at the end of the day. They are exactly, fun Exactly, <laughs> man. And, and he shouldn't apologize for that. No one should feel bad for that at all. Right, I exactly. A as a former player, been around the league obviously for a long time, when the GM comes out and says, hey, we believe this is a playoff team, what does that do mm -hmm. for a player when, when you hear that GM go out and say that like Mike Mayock did this uh, offseason? Well, you know, confidence – when it is shown by the people who are responsible for you being a part of a team is a huge deal. I mean, you feel as though, okay, they're invested in me. They believe in me. And somewhere along the line, whether it be, you know, you getting up a little bit earlier to get into the facility, you putting in, you know, getting that extra treatment session, you getting in that extra weight room session, you doing those extra sprints after practice, spending extra time in the meeting room. It's somewhere along the line, that kind of stuff will start to pay off on the football field where it matters the most because, I mean, that, that's just how the game works. And that makes people more motivated to do all those things I just listed when you know that the people who, who brought you there are invested in you and believe in you. I mean, that's just, that's just human nature, right? People who believe in you, you're going to go that extra mile for because you want them to be proven right about you. And, I mean, that, that's a good message to send. Obviously, now the people who are playing the game, the players themselves have to make good on it, make good on the confidence that Mike is showing, you know, that Mike is putting putting out there and saying that he has for them. But yeah, that, that can never hurt. I mean, of course, you don't want your general manager or team president or owner or anything saying, hey, I'm not quite sure about this team. I'm not quite <laughs> sure about these guys I right. brought in here. Because I mean, that that's just going to put doubt in people's mind. And I promise you, if people, if players feel as though you don't have their back, all those extras that I was talking about, they're not going to do those things. That's just the way it works. That's just the way of the world. So this is a relationship business. Obviously, Mike cares about the relationship relationship aspect of it. 
and uh, good on him for doing that. You know, we had uh, third-year safety Jonathan Abram on the show yesterday, and he, to me, has been playing a lot better this year. Looks like he's a lot more confident. Uh, as a former mm-hmm. safety, what are you seeing from him playing in this Gus Bradley scheme? Yeah, I think he is – every play isn't like, you know, a five-alarm fire. Every play isn't like I have to knock this guy back into the 1970s and totally destroy him and see his body parts flying around. It's more controlled. It's controlled aggression. It's he's playing more of a thinking man's game, you know, making sure he's playing with good eyes, good keys, no false steps, inserting into the run front where he needs to with control, controlled fury. Now, he I don't I would never want him to lose, you know, the fury that he plays with, because it's look, that's old school. You know, that's Jack Tatum, George Atkinson type fury. Mm -hmm. And that's always a good thing, although the league is trying to get rid of that. But that's still a good thing. And I think, you know, Gus knows that the closer Jonathan is to the action, the closer he is to being a second-level defender and or being up on the line of scrimmage, the better. And they're utilizing his strengths, man. And you just hope also that he stays healthy, stays on the field, because he, he is a spark plug for them, no question about it. And although the league isn't as physical as maybe it was 20 years ago, his style of play is always welcome, man, always. Talking right now with ESPN's Lewis Riddick here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. And, Lewis, whenever I watch you on ESPN in the morning, you have that Raiders helmet in the background. You've got the legacy <laughs> brick with your name yeah. on it. Uh, what does it yeah. mean to you to be a Raider, once a Raider, always a Raider? What, what does that mean to you? Yeah, man, that's real stuff right there, man. I think everybody who's played for the Raiders will, will echo those sentiments, you know, by and large, that it's just something about the silver and black that always – stays with you and it doesn't leave you uh, because it's such an iconic franchise and, you know, Mr. Davis's legacy still, you know, you can feel it in the air when you're in Legion stadium. You can feel it when you put on that uniform, you you'll be able to feel it down in SoFi stadium when the nation goes down there and tries to take over that place. <laughs> and it's, it's special, man. It's just different. You know, the, the autumn wind, when it plays, when the music plays over the, you know, over the PA system, when the team comes running out, I can remember it like it's yesterday, man, down at, down at the Coliseum. And uh, it's just it's just different. You know, all the guys, the great players, I mean, it, it's, it's just really cool. And I, I have, you know, I had a lot of respect for Mr. Davis himself. He reached out to me in my, in my time there and expressed, you know, his admiration for the way that I played the game and it caught me totally off guard. Hmm. totally off guard it was it was a random phone call one night when i was over in, in dublin california where i used to live with my wife and our newborn daughter at the time was well, actually she hadn't been born yet but our first daughter was born out there too uh and he he just got, got on the phone and talked to me about what it meant to be a raider about what the legacy legacy of the raiders was all about in his eyes and he thought i embodied that and that that's just imprinted on me and stayed with me and stays with me to this day man and that's why i always have you know a uh i guess i should say just a special place in my heart for the, for that franchise and that team and when i see them play you know you just want what's best for them you just want them to win want them to uh want them to have as much success as possible Absolutely. Uh, that, that's a that's a heck of a story right there. And, you know, it's so funny. Anytime we talk to anyone who's played for the Raiders, we always hear about something special, something like you mentioned, Mr. Davis reaching out to the player in, in mm-hmm. general and just even mm-hmm. Jim Plunkett. He said, hey, they believed in me when I was bad in San Francisco, you know, so. Right. Um, right. That's th- right. 
That's cool, man. That That's really cool. And uh, I wanted to ask you one more question. When you prepare for a broadcast, you get to visit practice, you get to talk to the coaches. What are you looking for and listening for from the team and the coaches as you get prepared for that broadcast? Yeah, um, when you're watching practice, obviously, you're, you're looking to confirm a lot of the things that you see uh, on tape study during the week uh, as far as, you know, personnel groupings, uh, by down and distance, and then you're looking at situations that they practice, third down, red area, two minute, and just trying to pick up on maybe the way in which they're deploying certain people, some things that they've changed from a game plan perspective that are specific to that week that if you see that certain formation or personnel grouping once the game comes up, you can kind of get ahead of it and kind of like alert the viewer that, hey, this could be coming here. They could be targeting Renfro here. They could be going to Waller there. You know, and same thing with the defensive side. That's what you're looking for for practice. And then in the in the production meetings, I mean, it, it really spans a, a vast array of subjects that we talk to them about, from personal triumphs and troubles like, you know, Darren Waller's situation and Max Crosby's situation that we talked about on air and really was well-received across the country by people who were struggling with, you know, the same kind of situations. And, it, I mean, so we talk about those kind of things. We talk about specific uh, X and O type of things. We talk about their view on the team that they're playing. I'm telling you, those are that's probably one of the funnest parts of this whole thing for me is the one-on-one interaction with the players in those meetings and getting to just be out on the grass and watch the guys play the game because that's really what it's about. It's about the people, their stories, and then how they play the game. After that, everything else is gravy, man. <laughs> I know, that's right. Well, Lewis, you do a great job uh, every single Monday night. We always love watching you, and, of course, it's a little bit more special when the Raiders are playing. So uh, have a great one on uh, on Monday. We appreciate your time this afternoon, and like I said, man, it's mm-hmm. always great to catch up with you. you pre- hey, I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. There he goes. Lewis Riddick right there from ESPN will be on the call Monday night. Football does an excellent job each and every night, and uh, cannot wait until uh, Monday. Can't Wait to wrap up week four of the season. Raiders, Chargers, SoFi Stadium. But as Lewis Riddick said, uh, Raider Nation is definitely going to pack out SoFi Stadium and uh, make it Allegiant Stadium South is what I've been liking to call it. So many thanks to to my guy, Lewis Riddick, right there for joining us on the show. Come back, get your thoughts. What are you thinking? What are you hearing? What are you feeling after listening to Lewis Riddick talk right there? 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We've had an action-packed show already for you. 52 minutes in. Dave Hall, Fox 5 News this morning. Join us to start things off. Talk about October 1st, 2017 and the tragedy that hit Las Vegas, the community. He was fantastic. Just heard from Lewis Riddick from ESPN to talk about Monday Night Football. Talk about the Raiders. Talk about Once a Raider, Always a Raider. He was fantastic. And the party keeps going. Still got one hour long, one hour strong to go. We're scheduled. I say scheduled. We're scheduled to have Rosalind Gold on Wu Day from ESPN to join us at the top of the hour to talk about the Aces and Mercury as they're all tied up at one in the WNBA playoffs. They're going to be heading back to uh, Phoenix or Tucson, one of the two locations they'll be playing game three on Sunday. But either way, 
going to be talking about the Aces. That's what's scheduled at three. She's supposed to be calling us, but uh, if she does not, then that's okay. We'll keep the party rolling. We'll that's still what we continue do. coverage of the game because yeah. I have thoughts. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And it was it was still fun to be out there. And I'll tell you right now, if they were playing today, I'd be out there again. I enjoy being out there like there's no tomorrow. And I'll tell you, I took the family out last night, so the wife and our daughter went out as well. And, you know, I, I tell you all the time, being in Central Texas, we covered Baylor. I mean, that was, well, I covered Baylor like a glove, right? And so Brittany Griner was from Baylor. And so uh, the wife texted me about halfway through the game, and she said, Brittany looks just as good as far as the, her skills, looked just as good as she did in Baylor. Like, she hasn't lost a step. Brittany was incredible last night. She went for 20-something points. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Tarasi went for 37 points. Yeah, Tar- man, she, it was ridiculous. 37 at 39. She pulled up one. <laughs> it was like, it was dang near half She court. pulled one up from Lotus, from the building yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Just for fun. Just for fun. And that was one that's like, yo, somebody got to put on the somebody That was a Steph Curry a moment. Yeah. That was one of those Steph, I'm, like, I'm just feeling myself. Yeah, she, she's trying to embarrass y'all. Hey, you know what? But she anywho. talks so much trash, too. Know, she dude. talks a lot of I know. trash. Like her and Draymond Green, when they were talking about the Olympics, yes. and when they screwed the yes. together, and Draymond Green, like, yeah, she talks she talks just as much trash as I do. Right. It's like, okay, yeah, I know you're talking trash to Draymond Green. Like, yo, she up there with me. She talks a lot of trash, but she did say after the game last night that she's a Raider fan. Mark Davis went over and saluted her. She says she's a Raider fan. So I did see that. There you go. There you go. But we also, not only do we have some incredible guests, but we also have some incredible people that call in to want to chime in on the show, like our next guest, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to Triana from San Bernardino. What's on your mind, Triana? I was just uh, calling in because you guys are talking about, you know, going to that Charger game. And uh, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's going to be blacked out. We're going to be Raider Nation in that house. This is actually the third game that I'm going to at SoFi. I went to the preseason game versus the Rams, and it was kind of embarrassing. Every time they said, whose house, all you heard was Raiders. <laughs> and I was like, everybody was like, oh, it's the Rams, it's the Rams. And it's like, no, that's it's L.A., it's the Raiders' house. That's right. And it's going to keep being the Raiders' house no matter who plays there. There you go. There you go. I like that. I like and that. And then I went again to go see Dallas versus oh, the Chargers. Yeah. And same thing, Dallas, it was a poor, poor Charger fans. <laughs> they don't even know what's going on over there. No. So Monday night is going to be the game, no doubt about it. Raiders going to black it out. It's going to be Raider Nation in the house. What's your prediction as far as the score? What do you think the score is going to be Monday night? I think it's going to be a pretty high score. For some reason, I feel like it's going to be a complete shootout. Ooh, okay. All right, there you go. A shootout says Triana from San Bernardino. Well, it's, it's up to you. We're putting the responsibility on you. Bring home a W. No problem. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, that's Triana right there from San Bernardino. Excellent call. Thank you so much. And, yeah, go black out that stadium, man. That's something that a lot of folks have been hitting me up and telling me, Q, you got the platform. Tell everyone to black out the stadium. <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you, Q. Hey, man, don't put that. What they say? Don't put that on me. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> but, no, really, have a good time, man. Go to the game. Black it out. Do what you got to do. You know, just – uh, be loud and proud. Like I say, affect the game when you're at Allegiant Stadium. Affect the game at SoFi Stadium, Allegiant South. Make it make it happen, man. Let let the Chargers fans, Keenan Allen, who's an excellent wide receiver, obviously, uh, he said today he expects the crowd to be 50-50 with Chargers and Raiders fans. I don't see 50-50. Yeah, that's wishful thinking on his part. He did say, he said, they travel good, but we've been winning. Obviously, we got number 10. I'm pretty sure that they'll be in the building. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of underestimating the powers of Raider Nation and exactly what it's going to be. Uh, I mentioned the other day that, uh, according to Vivid Seats, it was at, what was it, two two days ago? It was about 74%, 75% yep, yep. of silver and black fans that bought the tickets to the game. I like how you said we got number 10, too. What that mean? What they got to do with anything? Justin Herbert. I know, I know, what, draw. He, I know what he's, he's saying. He's a draw. It's just like, we got number 10. Well, he's a draw. He's, he's, a, he's a damn good quarterback. 
It's going to be, like Triana said, it could potentially be a shootout on Monday <laughs> night. Yeah, there you go. It's like the wild, wild west. <laughs> Let's go right back out. We'll hustle one more time to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Raider Mike. You're on Unnecessary Roughness, my man. What's up, my brother? Chilling, man. Chilling. Uh, have to shout out to Lewis. Probably the most classiest guy over there in Connecticut. Love that guy. If we can ever pull him into our organization, co-GM, give him Raider Overlord title. I don't care. The guy knows his stuff. He loves us. He has that Raider helm in the background. He's loyal, just like all us Raider fans. Um, you don't have to tell us to do a blackout. We just do. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to tell That's us right. To Good. We just go and we take over wherever we are. So you don't have to tell us. I'm calling. It is going to be tight and it is going to be a shootout. Uh, I'm calling 3329. Woo! Uh, okay. Thirty-three twenty-nine. Four and zero, and I already called last week. We going seven and zero, and I called back in July. We're going to the Super Bowl. I ain't backing down. Right. I ain't hey, mad at you. How low can you go? Death, Death row. row. What a brother Come know. On, he bring the north. <laughs> we're gonna bring it to. We're bringing it to SoFi. There you I'm go. Sorry. It's Allegiant South, guys. I don't know if you saw this post on Instagram. They had these. Ra- they had a Raider jersey and a San Diego jersey. It said zero with a San Diego Super Bowl at the top. Three Super Bowl with a Raider jersey. So that's what it's going to be. They in our lifetime, that team will never win a Super Bowl. Right. Ninety four was a fluke, and they got destroyed by Steve Young. Right. The destruction will continue. As long as we are alive. There you they go. They just don't know how to be fans, whereas we are the most loyal and vicious and badass fans in the world. Screw you, man. United. We're even better. I'm out, brother. Peace. There he goes. Bring the noise. Raider Mike right there. I like that. I like how he was getting into that public enemy, though. You didn't hear that. You weren't even here. You weren't even feeling that one. You weren't even knowing, Damon. You didn't even know. Fight the power. You didn't know. No, no, he uh, he went deeper. Know. He went deeper into the crates with public that, that's enema. All, that's all I know. So, public um, enema. That's all I know. Fight oh, the power. Man, Fight come the power, on. Baby. I got to learn you. I'll learn you in the commercial break. Yeah, boy. <laughs> 259 <laughs> is the time. We'll come back. We'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.